his book Good to Great, Jim Collins emphasized the importance of who over what by stating that those who build great organizations make sure they have the right people on the bus and the right people in the key seats before they figure out where to drive the bus. But in today's rapidly evolving corporate culture, underscored by gig economy, great resignation, maybe great migration, hybrid workplaces, how do organizations go about navigating the ever-selective talent pool in order to bring the right people to the right seats? To shed a light on this very topic, I am joined by Frank Sophia. He is the head of executive talent attraction for the Americas across all markets and lines of business. Prior to his current role, Frank served as the VP of Strategic Workforce Planning for North America Sales. Throughout his 16-year career at SAP, Frank has challenged himself to take on new opportunities across HR functions to gain deep expertise in HR strategy, workforce planning, recruiting, change management and organizational development. He is incredibly passionate about HR transformation and enabling others to achieve their goals. Frank holds a Master's in Industrial and Organizational Psychology from Westchester University and a Bachelor's in Psychology from Temple University. As always, my name is Akshi Mola and you're listening to SAP Experts Podcast. Please be sure to like and subscribe. Welcome, Frank, to the SAP Experts Podcast. Today's episode is such a full circle moment for me. Now, a little context for our audience. I joined SAP as an intern back in 2018. Seems a long time ago, but only seems like yesterday. And Frank, you were the first person to interview me. So Frank, it's uh, safe to say that you brought me aboard the SAP bus, is it not? <laughs> Definitely uh, a surreal moment for me, actually. And thank you for making me look good over the past three years. You've done an amazing, amazing job at building an amazing career at SAP. And I know you'll continue to do great things. So, uh, so thank you for the time. Thank you for the opportunity to be here today. I am super excited to share more, to learn more, and to spend a little time with you, which we don't always do every day. <laughs> of course. So speaking of getting the right talent on the SAP bus, what would be your advice to organizations wanting to attract the right talent and onboard them on their bus? I love this question, especially uh, coming from a, an HR and talent acquisition lens. And now I'll share with you that I don't think attracting the right talent is all that complex, actually. Right? It, my advice is to keep it simple. And you obviously need to have a strong brand. You need to have a strong purpose. But people want to play for a winning team. They want to be a part of something bigger than them. And you've got to be a purpose-driven company. It's all about, it's all about that. Right? It cannot be about just top-line and bottom-line growth. And luckily, we work for a great employer where we absolutely believe uh, in our higher purpose and it's red-threaded in everything we do. I also think that you know, people want to feel valued, right? They want to feel supported. They want to feel appreciated. And, and you know, they want a winning experience. And certainly, the compensation strategy needs to be competitive. You'd certainly need to have an inclusive and flexible culture. You certainly need to, in this, in this particular climate, focus on health and wellness, right? And, and again, you need to ensure that your people know that you care about them. And maybe third, you, know, you must provide opportunity, Right. That's that's really what it's all about. That's why I think you're here. It's why I'm here. Right. We've had the opportunity to do some great things, and you've got to make sure that 
you're providing opportunity for growth, whether it be financially or from a career perspective or from a culture and environment perspective. And these are the reasons why people join companies. It's the same reason why people leave, right? So keep it simple is my, uh, is my advice. Absolutely. Keep it simple. So with that said, in his book, Good to Great, Jim Collins also mentioned the importance of getting the right people on the right seat. And if I'm being honest, I have in the since 2018, I have at least changed my seat twice. So according to you, how important is it to enable both a ladder for that upward growth, that opportunity, but also a jungle gym that enables that lateral move to retain our top talent? First off, I love the quotes. Uh, the second part of the quote really resonates with me is we spend so much time talking about the right people. But honestly, I, I believe we need to spend a bit more time really challenging whether or not we have the right seats. That's a whole other separate topic. I know <laughs> we'll maybe talk about that today. I don't want to derail us too much. But to come back to your question, it's absolutely important for organizations to create opportunities for people to move around. And when a company is growing, it, it naturally creates opportunity. But I also believe we need to be much more intentional in creating opportunities for our people to move strategically. And the way you do that is, and, and, and luckily, I think, uh, I think you know, many companies like SAP have, have, have thought about this in the right way. It's where do you have the greatest right to win? And then making the bold decisions to shift and invest in those areas, which uh, are not easy decisions, but certainly necessary decisions. And so, you know, it, the organization absolutely has a, a, a responsibility and an accountability to, to create opportunity. And you do that by putting your, your resources where they have the greatest right and opportunity to be successful. But I also believe it's important for people to manage their own careers. And actually, kudos to you, right? And I'll give you, give you applause here. Now, you've done something remarkable at SAP, and that is you've kind of transformed yourself with every role. You've done a lot of different things. And that's by design. I know that because I know you. And, and so as much as the organization's accountable, we're accountable to making sure that we're continuing to build skills that you know, ensure we're relevant right, for whatever point in time or whatever, whatever uh, the current climate is in the, in the economy or globally. And so it's a shared accountability, as I would say. And I certainly believe that um, great companies have figured out that they need to create opportunities, not just vertical you know, opportunities, but laterally as well. And that's on us as well to manage our own careers in that mindset. And so, um, you know, good news is, again, you, you and I both have the opportunity to do a lot of different things. Yes. And I think, uh, I think we'll continue to do that. Absolutely. Uh, yes, uh, it is a shared accountability because when I said it is a jungle gym, of course, the organization can help create those opportunities which enable that jungle gym. But it is for us to be jumping around and really looking for the right opportunities to translate our current experience and show truly how it'll fit in that new role. And what will we learn from this new role and take it to the next one? Yeah, and that's a piece that I maybe build on too, right? I love what you just said because you know, upward mobility doesn't mean it's always upward, right? Um, right. It could absolutely be a lateral move. And mm -hmm. we've all talked about the lattice versus ladder, right? This old news. Yes. Uh, it's been around for a decade or so. But, you know, I think it's this, this, the, the point that you just raised on, okay, what is your midterm goal? And I hate to say long-term in this day and age, because long-term just feels so Right. I don't know, too, 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 too long-term, right? <laughs> I'm, talking, I'm talking three to five years. Like, what's your three to five-year plan? And if you don't exactly know what your three to five-year plan is, that's okay, 
right? Um, but you probably can at least start to pinpoint where you want to be and what you want to be doing, right? Do I want to lead a team? Do I want to, do I want to be customer facing? Do I want to travel? What's the lifestyle I want? There's all these random basic questions that I think you can generally get an idea of where you want to be. And then you got to think about, okay, well, what are the experiences that are going to allow me and prepare me to be successful when mm-hmm. those opportunities become available or when the timing is right? And those experiences are not always upward, right? You've yes. got to really think more broadly. And I think organizations are putting much, much more value in true general management experience, right? Versus just a single threaded profile. They're important as well. Don't get me wrong. Right? <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> but, but I think, uh, I think this GM mindset is, is a mindset is a really important point to consider. And that obviously lends itself more to, you know, more lateral movement in an organization. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, you know, while we're talking about what the organization does, what the talent does, that is more in normal day-to-day scenario. But the last <laughs> two years have been anything but normal. Like, what, and people talk about what's a, there's a new normal apparently now. I don't exactly know what that looks like. But let me ask you, for you, for your organization, for your team, what were the overarching challenges, the pandemic that the last two years brought on? And... How were those challenges met? How are they still being met? <laughs> <laughs> we're still definitely meeting them, no doubt, actually. And I love your point on the new normal. Um, I don't know if this is normal, right? It's different. <laughs> I don't right. know if it's normal, right? Um, you know, certainly the past two years have been interesting. And, and I think the obvious big change for us over the past couple of years is we flipped to a digital model overnight. Right. Technically, it wasn't that hard of a shift because being in the tech industry, okay, we're in front of our laptop now at home versus in the office, right? Um, however, culturally, super hard, super hard. And you think about the impact it's had on leadership, right? And, and trying to figure out how do you p- keep people engaged and connected while they're sitting in a very small room for eight to 10 hours a day, right? In front of a small screen. That's not easy to do, right? It's, 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 it's hard to keep people connected. It's also really hard to disconnect, right? And you think about the, the blend of work and life, they've been blended now more than ever. And that's certainly proven to not be easy, right? And it's still not easy, right? Coming back to your point, we're still working through it. Yeah, health and wellness was always an important priority, but it's certainly mission critical right now. You know, and coming back to my earlier point, you've, you've got to make sure people feel valued. You've got to take care of your people. And so I think the, you know, the, the, the digital model has certainly brought a lot of change right, uh, to the organization and some challenges. Of course, thinking from, a, from an HR and TA mindset, I have to mention the war for talent. Right, um, the the talent pool, as we know, um, has tightened, right, and it's certainly um, tightened for all industries, including ours, right, in in tech, um, and it's kept us busy in HR, which is great, yeah. right? These are fun times, um, but I feel like um, I feel like that that you know there's there's this phase now where we're we're trying to figure out you know what are the what are the skills of the future we talk a lot about the future of work mm-hmm. and you know we have i think recognizing more than ever that we've got to we've got to build those skills while we attract and buy those skills and so it's putting a lot more pressure on hr organizations and learning organizations to really think about and build those next gen skill sets, right? Um, and in a much more accelerated way. And by the way, 
in a different way, in a virtual setting, right? In a, in a, in a self-paced likely, right? In personalized way. And so there's a lot of changes that are happening for us in the, in the HR organization where, where it comes to, you know, skill development and, and attraction. Um, I would say the other big change, obviously, is we've talked a lot about the, you know, the transition to virtual, but it's also now return to work, right? It's not an easy topic for a lot of reasons. And I think people genuinely want to connect again, but they also want flexibility. Yes. And managing out of the pandemic, I think, is more difficult than managing through the early stages as there's really no script, right? Mm-hmm. And, and there's no one way of doing things because I think everybody is in di- on different spectrums in different places. Right. And, you know, I would say we're, we're investing in digital technologies, of course, coming back to your question on strategies. Um, it's nice to be SAP as you can drink your own champagne, which helps. Yes. We've got a lot of tools um, at, our, at our fingertips. Certainly, we're listening to our employees now more than ever. And I think the, you know, the best way to manage through the return to work is to listen, right? Mm-hmm. What do your employees want? Let's communicate. Let's communicate often. Um, not a novel statement, obviously. The best way to communicate is to ha- is to communicate, right? Yes. <laughs> so, so we're communicating constantly. We're having continuous dialogue, and I think the other thing we're doing, you know, again coming back to the some of the changes that have occurred in our organization, and and also of course the tightening labor market, you know, where we're reevaluating our compensation and benefit strategies to ensure that we're providing the best experiences to our employees and we're remaining competitive in a market that's more competitive than ever. So again, no script, actually a lot, a lot of change, of course, that has occurred. Um, I think, I think we're all trying to figure it out. Um, but the good news is I think from a pandemic perspective, the worst is behind us. Now we've got some new challenges to work through <laughs> recessions, <laughs> et cetera. And, and we'll get through it. You've got to be resilient and obviously take it, take it one step at a time. Absolutely. One step at a time, resilience, adaptability are very, very important. A practical example was that right before this call with you, Frank, I was in a call with the Academy. I'm a graduate of the Pre-Sales Academy. And at this time, uh, the cohort is not in San Ramon. They were all in different uh, remote locations. And uh, speaking of uh, you know, upskilling our current talent, we were actually doing a session of uh, a virtual tool. So we always have to be adaptable, always just take it step by step. But speaking of tightening of the talent pool, that's something you said. (laughs) Um, There is something which I keep hearing about called the great resignation. Uh, If I were to look at my LinkedIn page, uh, we have seen unprecedented numbers of employees around the world leaving work. And they have a lot of reasons. Uh, That's my LinkedIn page in real world. I don't know if I have personally seen, but that's my anecdotal experience. In your mind, what were the top five reasons of why employees were leaving during the great resignation industry-wide? One, um, I don't think it's a myth, right? Uh, The the great resignation absolutely has occurred. It is occurring. Um, I think we are starting to come out of it. I don't think it's over. Uh, in full transparency, um, you know, I think for for certain industries, they've been impacted a heck of a lot more than than others. For example, in tech, um, you know, we've seen numbers climb in in certain organizations. Just look at Amazon as an example, right? They're they're turning over about a third of their workforce uh, every year. Um, retail has been decimated. Financial services, uh, professional services. I mean, it's, you name it, right? I think every industry has been impacted. Why? Right. Um, well, great, great question. 
I think coming back to your earlier question, why do people join companies? They join mm-hmm. companies for opportunity. And it's the same reason why they're leaving, yeah. right? I think it's, it's a buyer's market, right? Uh, and so with that, um, there's an opportunity to gain something, whether it be financial or job related or culturally related, right? There's, there's opportunity out there now more than ever. I think the other piece though, too, beyond just the opportunity, I think people are stressed out, right? I mean, we, we think, yeah. We've been through quite a, quite a couple of years, you know, and, and you know, the, the, the changes we've, we felt from the pandemic side were then met with now where we're at with recession and war and civil unrest, political unrest. Um, you know, it's, it's been a lot, it's been a lot to take in. And, and I think, um, I think that has obviously contributed pretty heavily to some of the changes that have occurred. You know, why are people leaving coming back to get a little bit more specific actually on, you know, top reasons, obviously it's, it's opportunity um, certainly it's, uh, you know, uh, maybe just a, ch- a ch- pace of change, right? It's just an opportunity now to do some things a little differently. Um, and I think if you look at the workforce as well and what's happening, um, you've, got, you've got boomers, Gen Xers, who I think we're, we're hoping to exit gracefully out of the workforce, right? Mm-hmm. And, and move to the next chapter of their career. That's been hit, impacted pretty, yeah. pretty significantly. And so, you know, either they're hanging on or they're looking for that next big thing, right, before they exit, right? And so that's created a lot of catalysts for change. And then you've got the Ys and Zs, right, who are, who are lost two years, right? I mean, I feel horrible for anybody who's graduated, right, in 2020, right? And so, you know, there's been a lot of natural movement because everybody's trying to figure out now how do we make up for lost time, right, and get our career back on track. And it's kind of the perfect storm, right, around what's happening in the, in the world. Um, uh, the most important thing though, and uh, coming back to your comment on your LinkedIn page, you see a lot of people moving on or doing different things, right? I see those too. Um, I think change is okay. I think right. in an organization, you shouldn't be afraid of that. I think you actually should embrace it. Obviously you don't want to lose the wrong people. <laughs> so I'm not suggesting that you know, <laughs> any organization take their eye off their talent, especially their top talents. Um, but change creates opportunity, right? It's not only for people making those changes, but for the organizations as well. It's an opportunity to bring people up and to take on new challenges. It's also an opportunity to bring in new skills and new thoughts uh, around how we might be able to do some things differently. And perhaps the world is, is helping us to find that balance a little bit more, right? Uh, given some of the changes that have occurred. So hopefully that gives you uh, some, some of what you were looking for in that question. Absolutely, absolutely. And speaking, you know, you said it's a buyer's market. And uh, speaking of how the world balances itself, the way I see it, and I know I've talked to an HR professional, humans are not <laughs> commodities. Having said that, a lot of times it's a game of supply and demand. It really is. And whoever has uh, more demand gets to hold the power. So, you know, we hear about the great resignation. And some say now we're moving towards the great migration. Which one is it? What do you think about this? Has a great resignation? Is, is it resolving itself? Well, I, I think, uh, I don't think it's resolved itself entirely, as we talked about. I think we are starting right. to stabilize a bit, right? Um, I think you, you know, you went from a, a time period where no one moved, right, for a year right. because of the current state. And now, you, you again, you now see the other way, you know, the, this pendulum swing the other way. And so people are moving faster. Um, you know, I think that, 
I think there is a migration happening, right? More than 45% of our employees today are working remotely, which means the changing jobs is as simple as getting a new email address. Yep. <laughs> so, you know, of course, employees are migrating to better jobs. They're migrating to companies that really care. And I don't think that's ever going to go away, right? I think you've got to run your organization as if every employee has one foot out of the door. You just have to. It's the new, that is the new normal. Right. And so you think about um, what does that mean then for organizations? Um, You absolutely need to manage the employee experience. Hard stop. Right. You've got to invest in learning. You've got to invest in, 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 in health and wellness. You've got to invest, obviously, in compensation and benefit strategies. You've got to invest in learning and career development. Right. Employee experience matters now more than ever. You got to invest in people. So, I would say coming back to your question, um, certainly the re- great resignation is not over. I think it's cooling. Um, certainly, the migration, um, not only from in, into different companies, but obviously back into the workforce, is occurring at the same time. And I think it's uh, it's putting more pressure on our our organizations and our leaders and our people to to. To make sure we're, in, we're creating an enjoyable experience throughout the in the life cycle, and that's not new, actually, right? It's just it's just highlighted now more because of the supply and demand dilemma that we just you just talked about. Absolutely, and we spoke about great resignation. We spoke about the great migration. Uh, what other trends are you seeing dominate today's HR market? Oh well. Um, Digital transformation for sure, right? We we are absolutely laser focused right now on becoming more automated, becoming more data driven, right? We know we need to empower our employees and engage them and our customers differently. And we've got to make sure that we're delivering services and products that they want and in a way that they want. And so HR digital transformation is essential. And workforce planning, right? Every strategy and every organization across the world likely includes the word growth in it. If it doesn't, it's probably not the right company you want to be a part of. Right? So at the core of all that is people, right? And HR is playing an absolutely critical role in helping organizations understand where and how they align their people to the areas where they have the greatest right to win. And, and that is becoming more and more important than ever, not only because of the talent shortage, but because of the scarcity of resources, right? As the, as, the organiz- as the economy shrinks, right? And it has been for a little while now. And, you know, the belt tightens. You've got to figure out how do I do more with what I have, right? Um, and so workforce planning, um, and that's something really near and dear to my heart. It's been about past year and a half focused on that um, is, uh, is so important, Um can't talk to an HR professional without mentioning diversity, equity, and inclusion, right? And this has not been um, a new topic. Um, it's, it's been, I think, um, amplified um, because of the impact of COVID. You think about the impact COVID's had on women and underrepresented minorities. And obviously, we know we needed greater representation and inclusion before COVID. Mm-hmm. Now we need it. We need it even more. And so we're really focused on expanding our recruiting strategy with more intention. We're focused on obviously retention strategies with more intention. Um, you know, we 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 have an opportunity, I think, in 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 chaos, right? There's opportunity, right? And I believe we have an opportunity now uh, more than ever 
to really rethink and, and continue to invest in diversity, equity, and inclusion. So that's been really top of mind for us. It's top of mind for us in TA. And we've got some, I think, great strategies in place um, that will help us move the needle, at least for us. And then, of course, crisis management, right? Um, we were unprepared for COVID. We were. Right, right. And, and we're unprepared for the return to work. We were figuring it out in real time. And we had some great partners to help work through that with us. Um, we will be more prepared for whatever happens next, right? There's no doubt. Um, but we know that we have work to do. And so we've got, um, we've got a lot of focus right now on you know, trying to handle not only things like COVID, but for example, Ukraine, right? And uh, what does that mean for us, right? right? And for the people on the ground, how do we handle that? Um, you know, there's a lot of uncertainty right now. Um, and obviously, chance favors the prepared mind. We want to make sure we're more prepared. So hopefully that gives you some insight into some of the key topics that we're working on right now. Um, and I'm sure I missed some actually, but I'm trying to be introduced to which is not my skill set. <laughs> well, one of the most important takeaways from what you were saying was the importance of being intentional. And, you know, earlier, uh, a question ago, you also mentioned uh, how you, know, you feel sorry for the Gen Z just entering the workforce right now. And both of these are the perfect segue for my next couple of questions because they're from my intern, Sohu. So, you know, you hired me as an intern. Now I have my own. So huge shout out to Sohu Rahimi for these next two questions. And uh, the first one he went, as organizations uh, shift from product-driven to purpose-led, now here I will interject and said, at SAP, we have been drinking our own champagne, both as far as products are concerned as and as far as values are concerned. But... As we uh, shift from being product-driven to uh, purpose-led, what are some key metrics to measure early talent's alignment with companies' purpose and values? That's a good question. Leave it to the intern to stump me, right? I love, I love, I love, I love the question. Um, so uh, breaking down that question, key metrics, right? Um, the, the first thing I would think about, obviously, in looking at their early talent's alignment to company purpose and values is, one, are you, are you hiring early talent? Do they want to be here? <laughs> That's a great indicator. <laughs> and, and how difficult is it, right, to bring them in? Um, if you're fighting for talent um, and you're not attracting the talent you want, that's probably not a good indicator, right? Um, um, so the other thing I would say is when they're here, how engaged are they, right? Um, are, they, are they progressing? Are you seeing movement within the organization? Are you... Are you, again, intentionally, right? Are you intentionally um, creating movement in the organization um, and long-term retention in the organization? Um, you know, what, what, is their, what is their engagement in trust? Like, do they trust the organization? We, as you know, measure that pretty extensively and closely at SAP. Not every organization does that. But, you know, what are they saying about your company, essentially, right? Um, and, and if you're not listening to all of your employees, right. it's a miss. But if you're not listening to your early talents coming in, even a bigger miss, right? Because they're the next generation. Um, so if I had to summarize it briefly, I'd say, are you hiring early talent in your organization? Are they staying in the organization? If they're leaving, why? Are they progressing and promoting and, and, and developing in the organization? And do they feel good about being here? Mm -hmm. that's, that's really what I would say uh, in terms of um, measuring early talent's alignment with the company's purpose. Absolutely. Wow. 
So that was like, yeah, like you said, leave it to the interns to stump the pros. And his next question is also very, very compelling. You know, we already mentioned, you know, the great resignation and uh, how Gen Zs and millennials behave differently. So the question is, Gen Z and millennials are job hopping now more than ever. Those who quit see more than 30% increase in pay compared to those who don't. And he has quoted this from Wall Street Journal and uh, Federal Reserve Bank of America. How is SAP managing for employee retention? <laughs> you know, it just kind of reminds me of when people say, oh, if you leave it in your checking account, your money, or just not in your savings account, you're losing money. Put it out there. There's 30% increase to be had. <laughs> what do you say? Uh, what I would say is I love these types of stats, right? Um, look, if you are looking for more money, you will find it mm. in the market, right? Um, you can always go find more money in the in the workforce. Simple as that. Um, certainly, this is top of mind for SAP, right? We want to make sure that we remain competitive. We want to make sure that not only are, is our compensation strategy competitive, but certainly our equity strategy, right? And trying to drive that long-term retention and in tech, that's critically important. But I would say that our focus is much broader than that, actually, right? It's not just about dollar, right? We really believe in a total rewards strategy, right? We really believe in building a, an experience right, across the entire life cycle that is really going to want to, to, to encourage people to stay and to come, yes. right? And so um, we're not trying to compete with the 30 percenters, right? <laughs> right. <laughs> okay. They have, there's a reason why they're paying 30% more, right? Because they're trying to build something that perhaps we and others like us have already, right? And so they're paying a premium potentially. We will pay a premium as well, right? But, you know, net net, um, we're really trying to think about it more holistically than just the, you know, the, the comp, right? Topic Absolutely. and the pay topic. And I would encourage anybody listening to this to think about it in the same way. Right. Um, I've had interviews. Actually, you've had interviews. We've all explored what's going out there in the market. You want to know what you're worth. Right. And so it's good to make sure that you keep your pulse on that. I would encourage you to never chase money. Number one. Um, number two, really think about why there's a premium. Right. Mm -hmm. And the easy answer for any company to tell you is, well, they're paying a premium because they're in growth mode and they want to move really fast. OK, but really dig in. Right. What does that mean? Right. And I'd say the third thing is, you know, think about what else are you leaving behind? Right. So you get the 30 percent. But what are you trading off for that? Right. Um, and again, never chase money. That's my that's my always my career advice. It's got to be the right opportunity for the right company. Absolutely. Because like you said, there's always good. Uh, it's always good to look at the pulse, do a pulse check and see what's out there. And whenever I have done these pulse checks, uh, it's I always also look at what I would be losing, the network and the mentorship, that is worth so much more. So I would need totally. way more than 30%. And secondly, it also reminds me if somebody's like, well, culture, community, that's all woo-woo, that's fine, that's cute. Even if I break it down into pure financial means, I remember one of our first conversations that I had with you uh, as an intern, and you had said, hey, have you looked into the stock options? Have you looked into the benefits that we have? And I was like, wait, wait, interns get all the benefits? Hold on. And then I looked into it and I was like, Frank, how do I get in? I want to get in. I want all these benefits to carry on. So yes, there's so much more than just the salary. Even if you break it down into pure financial means, there's the benefits, they cost for something too. No doubt. And it's so hard to think that way, actually. Right? I mean, I've had so many conversations as an HR business partner 
And now even as a recruiter, right? Because I'm now trying to sell SAP, right? And, and why SAP, why now? And certainly I speak to what we just talked about, right? Which is the total picture. Um, I think the, the, the thing that's missing right now is patience, right? Because of the, the comment I made earlier on the loss of time, right? And trying to, to one, either make up for it or two, get that one last push before we exit and to the next chapter of our careers or lives, right? It's, it's, it's tough to compete. And you know what? You will not retain everybody, right? And that's okay, right? Um, it's, 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 not a, it's not uncommon that you may lose some people. And again, you may want to embrace that. Um, but um, I'd say if you're an, an, an employee and you're thinking about making a move, um, I would say you got to think about the bigger picture, as you said. It's, it's, it's not just the, the 30%. Absolutely. And with that, we will be moving to a rapid fire round in which. Uh, oh, boy. Will, yes, exactly. You will have to answer in maybe a sentence or two for all of the next topics. Okay. So, yeah. ready? Let's do it. Let's do it. Okay. How has workplace disruption caused by the past two years, all the different so- uh, sociopolitical, geopolitical things that we have been facing, have impacted the following? Starting with workplace diversity. All right, so this is the first one. So let me ask a clarifying question just so we can move faster, right? Yes, so, yes, yes. so the question being workplace disruption. So it could be anything, right? Yes. So, okay. And how has it impacted workplace diversity? Well, obviously we've got we've got a bigger impact on on women and URM representation in the workforce, thank you to COVID, right? And so obviously we are we are very, very focused on how do we attract, how do we retain, and how do we develop more a more diverse workforce in our organization that is more representative of the of the of the market we serve and so that's it i mean it is it is i think a greater focus now more than ever absolutely so my next one is going to be inclusion and i will clarify this by myself diversity of numbers is easy to get true inclusion is harder to get so how has uh, the disruption impacted inclusion I think it's more around communication, right? I think that communication and transparency and trust, right, is has been incredibly important. It's always a big part of who we are, but I think the communication in our organization is stronger than ever. And it's because we are trying to build a more inclusive organization, inclusive environment, and more flexible environment. And so there's certainly been um, a lot of focus and a lot of change with regard to inclusion. And we did hit on the next one, many, many times during our conversation today, but if you had to sum it up, the impact on hybrid and remote work. Um, creating boundaries, protecting well-being, health and wellness. That's, that's been the wellness. biggest one. Absolutely. What about gig economy? Job flexibility, right? Probably more appealing now and probably more necessary now than ever. And so you know, we're, not think, we're thinking more, it, we're thinking differently in terms of our business models, our talent strategies, you know, obviously, we may need a certain skill set right now. Do we need it three years from now? I don't know, right? So we're really thinking about how do we leverage the gig economy to our advantage? And certainly, um, you know, we're, we're, we're creating opportunities for those in the workforce who maybe want to do some things differently, right, than the traditional career path that we've offered in the past. Absolutely. And finally, leadership in chaos. <laughs> oh, man. Um, and I think of leadership and workplace disruption. I think about you know focus on psychological safety, focus on well-being, um, focus on um, motivation and building equitable experiences for our employees. Um, coming back to my earlier point on you know it's easy to disconnect. Um, it's it's 
it's hard to keep people connected in the right way. And that comes back to leadership. So I, I'd, I'd summarize it as that it's probably another health and wellness topic, but psychological safety as well and building winning environments. With that, we conclude our rapid fire and move on to our last question. So this one, <laughs> we can take a deep breath. We can slow down for the last one. So Frank, in our conversation, you alluded to future of work. And at this one, do you have any prediction on what the world would look like? And I am quite aware in 2020, I was thinking our world would look like back to future. We did not get our nice hoverboard. We got something completely <clears throat> different in 2020. So what do you think 2030 would look like? So how long do we have, Akshi? <laughs> I think the, um, the short, simple answer is I have no clue. And the reason why I say that is I thought I could give, I, I could give an answer to this a year ago with confidence, yeah. right? Um, if you think about what's just going on economically right now in the, organ, in the world, right? Um, that's going to create a lot more uncertainty as we head into 2023, right? And beyond. Um, I think about the impact that um, COVID has had on, you know, the, the organizational design and setup, right? And coming back to future of work, right? So I'll, I'll maybe hone in on that. Um, I do think I would envision a world that's much more agile, right? Than where we're at today. Uh, I think that the, the, the great migration that we talked about is the norm, right? Is the norm, right? And I think that um, we will no longer be looking at, um, at, at, in my, in my opinion, job hopping is a negative, right? <laughs> I think, I think that that is going to be what, um, what the next seven years are going to see and, and probably well beyond that. And so when you think about, okay, what does that mean then for, for organizations, right? In terms of the future of work and what maybe we'll be focused on in 2030, um, I think it's a lot of the same things we're talk we talked about already. Learning and development, for sure. Um, certainly, retention strategies are going to be challenged. Um, I think there's going to be a lot more. Um, I think there's going to be a lot more openness to um, new working models, right? Not just the virtual piece, right? Um, and and the 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 contingent or gig workforce, and gig economy, but I yes. I think completely new models, like shared shared almost like project-based work, right? Like my role is no longer defined by one thing, right? Like my role now is, is, is constantly evolving, right? And I'm perhaps like almost like a SWAT team approach. I'm dropped in in multiple areas, right? At any given time versus, you know, versus leading TA. Perhaps I'm, I'm involved in TA and I move on to do something else. I, it's, I, I, think, the, I think the world will definitely continue to evolve. I think the future of work and the amount of movement we're seeing today will continue. I think skill development, not only from an organizational perspective, but from our perspective in terms of how we invest in ourselves, ensuring we stay relevant will be continue to be more important than ever. And I think uh, compensation and benefits is going to be a really big focus, right? As we continue to uh, to evolve and compete for you know, for talent, especially as more and more people exit the workforce. Um, that is going to be a, a bigger, bigger, a bigger challenge. So it's going to be an interesting 2030. And I, I feel like I'm rambling a little bit because <laughs> I don't think there's an easy answer with everything that's going on right now in the world. Um, seven years feels like a lifetime away. Yeah, and it is, it is. And uh, we could not, uh, like I tell this to a lot of folks when it comes to predictions, I'm like, I'm weary of them now because the beginning of 2020, 
I traveled to Prague for work. I traveled to Miami. I traveled to so many places. And all of that was done in January and till mid-February. And then the world closed down. At the beginning of the year, I thought I would have all these travel points and I will be on a plane. I said, I live on a plane and look how the world changed. So yes, we can definitely not look forward. I think one thing that we can guarantee is maybe uncertainty. I think that's the one thing we can guarantee. So with that, Frank, anything that we didn't cover today that you would like to share with our audience? I just hearing you say that, the, the comment a moment ago, actually, I actually, it's kind of exciting though, right? Yeah. And you know, I, I don't want to give it such a negative bend. Um, again, in chaos, there's opportunity, right? I don't say we're in chaos right now, right? But, right. you know, I think that, I think that this is a remarkable time to be in the workforce, right? Especially for you and I, right? And where we're at in our careers. Um, you know, I think we've got a great opportunity to really go define anything we want to do. And I think the opportunity will be there for us, right? To want to do it, whatever we want to do. And so that's, that's awesome. So again, just wanted to close up that point. I think it's a very exciting time, right? Um, certainly there's some uncertainty, uh, say that again, 10 times fast. Um, but, but, but I think that, uh, I think that there's also a lot of excitement. So don't worry. I get one, one week at a time, one year at a time. Resilience is key. Um, I think the last part of your question a moment ago, are there any other things that, you know, we didn't talk about? Um, you know, I, I would say that you know, I, 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 I love this topic, right? Around the, the 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 looking back, right, and what's what's happened and what's the impact that's had. Because history can tell us a lot. Um, I also believe, though, that we have the opportunity to write the future, right? And so, uh, what I would suggest, and maybe as a closing comment, is um, embrace the uncertainty, right? Uh, again, it is an opportunity. I would say that for organizations who are struggling with with how to retain or how to attract, coming back to your very first question, keep it simple, right? Uh, the same reasons why people leave or the same reasons why people join. We know what they are. It's not that complex, right? So go figure it out one step at a time and figure out where your biggest opportunities are and go focus on those first. And I think from an employee perspective, continue to, to invest in you, stay relevant. That's it, stay relevant and you will be resilient and you will weather any storm that comes. And you do that by gaining experiences, by building the right brand for yourself, by doing hard work <laughs> and hard work still counts. So again, exciting times, not all that complex. There've been generations before us that have gone through a lot, there'll be generations ahead that go through a lot. We can do this. We can do this, words of wisdom indeed. And to our audience, if you would like to learn more from Frank, I will be dropping his LinkedIn in the show notes below. With that, Frank, thank you so much for joining us today at SAP Experts Podcast. Thank you, Akshi. It's a pleasure.